Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I am your host, Lisa. And I'm Eric. Welcome back, Eric. It's good to be back, man. I'm so happy that you're back. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that you and I have briefly spoken about off air, and then I had the idea. I said, you know, this would be the perfect podcast episode. I feel like this really needs to be fully discussed and we can really just flesh it out on here. So today we are going to be discussing different genres of music, their fan bases, and why certain genres are more successful currently than others. So we are going to be really diving into this topic. I'm very excited about it. And to kind of give you guys a little idea of where we're going with this, this was based on the tour announcement that just recently got announced between Blink-182 and Lil Wayne. That announcement was made just only a few weeks ago, and it was a very divisive announcement and response, and that is exactly what we are going to be tapping into today. But as always, before we can get into that, we have our top three international countries of this week. So, Eric, are you ready to go? Ready. Okay, coming in at number three for the first time ever in our top three, we have Greece. Welcome, Greece. Wow, Greece. Welcome, guys. Coming in at number two, we have Mexico. Nice, Mexico. Nice to see them again. And coming in all the way at number one for the second week in a row, we have the United Kingdom. Oh, man, you guys are amazing, honestly. You can always count on them to be there. Seriously, they truly are incredible. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to Greece, Mexico. I mean, wow. Greece making our top three for the first time ever. So very honored to have you here. And thank you guys so much for listening. And there you have it, you guys. That's our top three. Coming in at three, we have Greece, number two, Mexico, and number one, the United Kingdom. Once again, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. And have no fear, if you did not make it on our top three this week, you can make it next week or any week after that. All you got to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have. And we could be shouting you out next. Okay, Eric, so let's dive into this topic today. I think it's an extremely interesting one. I want to start out by the example that I spoke about a little bit earlier, and then we can just base it from that and carry on with the conversation. So a couple weeks ago, we have Blink-182, we have Lil Wayne. 
Lil Wayne has his hip-hop fan base. Blink-182 have their pop-punk slash alternative rock fan base. And what they did when they dropped this announcement was they did a mashup of Lil Wayne's song, A Millie, which is one of his most popular in his catalog. And then Blink, one of their classic songs is What's My Age Again? So they had A Millie, What's My Age Again? And they did a mashup and they all got together, played it, they shot a video for it, and they dropped the announcement saying Lil Wayne, Blink-182, tour. So, and might I add, it's not just Lil Wayne and Blink-182, Neck Deep is also on this tour, and they're supporting the tour. So, with all that being said, when this announcement was dropped, it was extremely, like I said earlier, divisive. And the reaction between fans, for me and my perspective, they were really disheartening. So, Eric, before we really just start getting into this, how did you personally feel when the announcement was made and did you expect that reaction to happen after the announcement was made honestly i thought that it's about time that something like this happens i thought that it was a great idea and definitely a way to just merge the two in my opinion as for the backlash yeah i expected it you know i'm just from years of you know, seeing people comment and hearing people talk on how they feel about rock music versus how they feel about hip-hop music and vice versa. Uh, you know, I, I knew that the backlash was going to be strong and I knew that, you know, there was, there was going to be a lot of division, you know, with this announcement. But, you know, even even when you expect it, you you just can't believe that it's happening, especially in this day and age, because I kind of feel like now in this environment of all this music that there should be more acceptance of this kind of thing happening and the fact that there isn't uh, is you know to use your word very disheartening you would think that people would be a little bit more open-minded at this point now in 2019 with you know these crossover types of events happening but wow that backlash was pretty insane. I knew that obviously it wasn't going to go over the best, especially with Blink's fan base, but I didn't realize the amount of people that just came and really just poured so much negativity into this announcement. So that really um, bummed me out. I definitely got to say that. For me personally, I was super stoked on this announcement. Anybody that knows me personally knows that uh, Lil Wayne is one of my favorite rappers of all time, and I'll stand by it, and I do not care what people think about that or how they feel about that. That's totally fine. Your opinion is yours, but this is mine, and I'm very stoked about that. And then by now, if you don't know how I feel about Blink, clearly you haven't been listening to this podcast for very long. So yeah, when the announcement was dropped... I felt super pumped about it, and I did know, like you mentioned, I did know that it wasn't going to be the best reaction, but at the same time, I guess I was kind of hopeful, thinking that maybe people would take time to warm up to it, but eventually that they would warm up to it, and that just never happened. Yeah, you know, it's, and like I said, even when you know that it's coming, once you actually look at the backlash, you still can't believe it because 
you know, you think to yourself, we're supposed to be past, uh, you know, those elitist attitudes, so to speak, in terms of rock being better than hip hop or, you know, whatever people tend to think. And the fact that we aren't, you know, is just sad. Well, this is exactly what I want to get into today, because this episode really isn't about Little Wayne, nor Blink-182, it was just to use them as an example. But what I really want to get down to the heart of what this episode is, is the fact that hip-hop fans are so much more accepting and so much more open-minded than rock music fans. And I truly wholeheartedly believe that the reason why hip-hop is so mainstream right now and the more popular of the two genres is because of that fact because hip-hop is willing to do crossovers like this really break the mold break boundaries knock all those genre walls and barriers down and focus just purely on creating art and being less obsessed with trying to categorize what that art is I totally agree, and I also have my own theory as to why hip-hop as a whole is more accepting of this kind of thing than rock music is. You know, if you really break down hip-hop, the kind of music that's used to make it is from all genres, really. It's You've got stuff from the jazz genre, from blues, from rock, from EDM. You know, how you have a lot of genres from all across the board used in hip-hop. So with that in mind, you know, I, I feel like it's only natural for hip-hop as a whole to embrace a phenomenon like this because they already have that lush nature to it, you know? And this was the perfect experiment for it because literally what happened was they took this mashup video and they uploaded it on the Blink-182 YouTube account and then they took that video, the same one, and uploaded it on the Little Wayne YouTube video account. And the first thing I did was, of course, I watched it multiple times, but the first thing I did was scroll through the comments because that was what was most intriguing to me to see the reaction of these two fan bases and kind of compare the two of how they feel about the mashup as a whole and the idea of these two groups going out on tour together. And you would go down the Blink-182 comment section and people would just literally be tearing this thing apart like I can't believe this this is an abomination what's Blink thinking they're selling out so on and so forth and then you would go to Wayne's uh video and even people who have no idea who Blink is they were like yo this looks really dope and I really like the vibe of this I like the sound look at Wayne like he's really just like going for it and he's going back to his rock and roll guitar days and this is gonna be sick and I can't wait to get tickets and it was just a totally different vibe not saying that there weren't negative comments in, in Wayne's section because there's always going to be negative comments no matter what you post online it's the internet but i'm saying the majority compared to each group wayne was overwhelmingly more positive than blinks so this was just like the perfect experiment to have to go along with this topic because this is exactly the problem of rock music in general today is their fan base you can't please anybody in a rock music fan base. That is the conclusion that I've come to, especially being a Blink fan for so long, 
because no matter what you do, it's never going to be good enough. And God forbid you try to step out of, you know, the typical what is known as rock music or that fits in that rock music genre, then that's automatically selling out. And if you sell out, then your name is going to be dragged through the mud and they're going to tear you apart for experimenting and trying something new. Oh, that's too pop. That's too this. That's too that. But at the same time, it blows my mind because these are the same people complaining, why is rock music dead? Why is it dying? How come this isn't getting any airplay? How come my favorite bands aren't on the radio? But they're not helping to promote their music nor giving them that extra push of reassurance to be like, you know what, it is okay to experiment with other things and if you experiment, you're not going to lose your entire fan base. Now, don't get me wrong, I completely understand if a band just goes so far and strays so far away from the original music that it's impossible to jump on that bandwagon. I totally get it. It's happened to me before. I understand it. But at the same time, just because you don't personally like something gives you no right to just go online and bash the hell out of it because it really just shows how entitled and like you said earlier the elitism of rock and the rock music genre that there are no pleasing these fans and regardless if it's something that you like or not to even just have that mutual respect for the band and for the artist that at one point you did like slash love and just giving them that and just leaving it alone. But no, these people are so inclined to get behind a keyboard and become keyboard warriors over, you know, oh, you know, you just sold out. This is trash. You know, oh, we were making an album with little like people take things out of context too. on top of that, where they don't even know the facts and then they jump to all these conclusions. And it, I don't know, the whole thing just really blows my mind and completely turns me off and like I said before I don't want anybody to get confused it's not like I'm saying that you have to like everything that your favorite band pushes out because that is simply not true but even if you don't enjoy it there's a way that you can respond to it without completely just tearing it and ripping it apart and if you feel that strong disdain where you just have to like get that out just maybe just keep that to yourself or have a conversation with a friend or you know just posting all that hatred online is just too much negativity for me I'll tell you that much and you know there's kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to rock music if you think about it because you want to please your fans always but at the same time you need that integrity as an artist to spread your wings and to do the things you want to do because if you don't, that's when a part of you just dies, in my opinion. You sacrifice some of your career just to please people that are afraid of change. And in the process, you're kind of holding yourself back a little bit. And I remember in an interview, the heavy metal singer Glenn Danzig kind of spoke about that because he said that when a band starts out and they create a huge impact, you know, everybody's on the same page, but the minute they start tweaking things just even the tiniest bit then fan bases get mad because all of a sudden that little underground band that they loved isn't their band anymore now it's everybody's band and that you know really strikes a nerve because 
you know, they, they start to change things and then, you know, they, they aren't the same, they don't fit in the same musical formula that they emerged with. And that really pisses people off. You know, it's, it's quite amazing how some people will react to that kind of thing happening. I don't know. In my mind, it's very counterproductive. You want your favorite band to, to play music and be successful, but only on your terms. I guess that's where I'm getting at here. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's unfortunately a lot of people that feel that way. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I have listened to bands that are small. And I've always said to myself, man, I really do wish that they were more well-known. You know, because that's what you want whenever you truly love a band. You want other people to know them and you want to share that wealth with the world. But that's not going to happen if they're just going to stay confined to that little space that you expect them to be in. And this is why I really do believe a large part of why hip-hop is quote-unquote winning right now and so successful and everywhere and very mainstream is because of the fact of their fan base. They have a very open-minded, non-judgmental fan base. And when I speak on this, I'm not saying for the entire, you know, the entirety of hip-hop fans and I get it. There's going to be people that have their doubts and have their, you know, uh, criticisms and so on and so forth. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying for the most part as a whole, the majority, they are very open-minded and, and they do support when artists really go outside the box and try to experiment and they are a lot more, um, open to the idea of artists collabing with each other and the vibe being totally different whether that be like you said EDM or jazz or R&B there's just so many options so many realms uh, even with rock and the hip-hop rock cross crossover but with rock music fans if this is another point it's just if a band that they enjoy tries to collaborate with a rapper automatically you listen to the song and they say well the rapper ruined the song and I have to highly disagree with that because regardless of you know just well let's just think about a general band and a general rapper it's just because these people aren't open to the idea of rap music and rock music colliding and and forming one cohesive piece of work whether that be a song an album a tour they are just so against the idea. It doesn't even matter. I truly believe this. It wouldn't have mattered if it was somebody else other than Wayne. You could have inserted another rapper and it still would have been the same reaction um, because of the fact that, once again, it's just people are way too closed-minded and they think that rock has to be a certain way and God forbid you step anywhere outside that box then all hell is going to break loose and people are going to have a problem with it. And the funny thing that I see with Blink-182 now is people always had an issue and that's what fans don't want to acknowledge. Like speaking on that band specifically, going back from Cheshire Cat all the way on, when Dude Ranch came out, it wasn't as raw and gritty enough. Then when Enema of the State came out, it was way too poppy and they weren't like this raw punk band anymore. And then when Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came out, 
then they really sold out because that was very mainstream. They were played on the radio. It was just a whole big deal for them of even pushing their career even farther. And people had a lot to say about that. And then the funniest thing of them all is when the self-titled slash untitled record came out. And back then, people just bashed it to no end. They were, what is this? This isn't even Blink. This sounds nothing like Blink. This is way too experimental. Um, this is going to be forgettable, all that and more. And now in 2019, looking back to 2003, when that record came out, a lot of people would arguably say that that was their best record of all time. So just to touch on this point, like I said, this really isn't about Blink specifically, but it's just to go to show that there really isn't pleasing anybody no matter what you do people will still have a problem with it but it just seems so more in the rock community than any other community and we're talking about edm jazz blues r&b hip-hop the list goes on and on and on and it just seems like with the rock community it has come to a standstill and you said a key word or a key um phrase before afraid of change And I think you hit the nail on the head with that statement, afraid of change. That is exactly what's going on with rock music right now. Yeah, and if you notice when rock was the norm, so to speak, back in the 60s through the 90s, basically, um, if you were a band in that time, you could, back then at least, get away with, you know, recording album after album after album without changing your sound, because no one would really force you to. That was kind of the norm, everybody was happy with the rock format, so, you know, a lot of bands didn't really feel the need to adapt or change things up a bit because everybody loved that. But now, if you're a rock band now, and you try to rely on that formula to try and gain success, most likely it's not going to help you, because in this is a new era so therefore you need to adapt to the changing musical climate and just having the same formulaic style across all of your albums you know you're never going to get above the ground if you keep doing that i totally agree with you about that because it really has become stale you know and i think that rock music needs to be shaken up there needs to be a big change in order for them to progress and to really get back on the radio and get more airplay and just be on par with hip-hop and pop music and everything that's going on right now and granted there are things that happens in in waves and i strongly believe that as well where certain genres of music will come in and dominate for a certain period of time and then it'll kind of die down and then something else will come. I mean, dubstep was like a huge thing back in, I want to say 2012, 2013, and that's pretty obsolete now on the radio. But just to prove that point, there are things that come in and come out, so you have to take that into consideration. But another thing that I wanted to point out within the rock community is that Rock fans slash bands are mad at other rock communities. If you want to like really dig deep into this, so rock is not even comfortable within their own genre. And what I mean by that is uh, there's a lot of heavy metal fans that will completely take a crap on pop punk fans. And 
you know, I'm sure, Eric, you have a ton of examples of people going back and forth at each other's fan base and why that rock music is better than this rock music. And it's just completely ridiculous because who really wins here? And and the answer to that is nobody. Clearly, nobody is truly winning here. Seriously, you couldn't have touched upon a better subject. You know, there is elitism among the elite, surprisingly, or unsurprisingly, rather. And you're totally right, you know, uh, in one corner you have blues rock fans that might berate heavy metal because it's just noise. But then those heavy metal fans will berate punk rock or they'll berate grunge because, you know, they, they think they're better. And, you know, it, it's terrible because even even now, you know, that that's still an ongoing thing. And another thing that I find pretty unfair is that in the past, whenever there have been attempts to bridge rock and hip-hop together, even if those attempts have been very good, you know, they, unfortunately, they haven't been enough to uh, cause any change. You know, when, when you think about collaborations, such as the ones between Aerosmith and Run DMC, Anthrax and Public Enemy, The Black Keys, and a bunch of other hip-hop artists, and even, you know, Jay-Z and Linkin Park, Oh yeah, that was legendary. Those collaborations, every single one that I just mentioned, is amazing in its own right. And it makes for amazing music, but it just is so terrible that no matter how many attempts people try to mix the two, it's still met with scrutiny. People are just so afraid of change, and they can't wrap their heads around the fact that these two genres can coexist despite the fact that it's been proven a bunch of times before that they can. You know, there just needs to be not a complete overhaul, but just a slight modification to let people know that it's all right to step outside of their lanes from time to time. You know, I I think one of the best artists that's a clear example of bending the rules and making that work is Gary Clark Jr. He takes the, you know, regular 12-bar blues format and just expands it into so many different genres. He includes hip-hop, he includes ska, he includes rockabilly, he includes soul. He includes so much in a formula formula that for decades has been relatively the same. And some people love it. I think the grand majority of his fans do. Other people, whenever he, you know, changes things up a bit, they're like, oh no, you know, he's deviating too much from what, you know, traditional blues is. But the thing is that either way, you, you're always going to have some people that are going to run with the whole idea of just being flexible with genres because people are tired of hearing the same exact thing being constantly explored over and over again. And it's totally okay to have your own opinion about things. In no way am I saying that people don't have a right to express themselves and give their thoughts on they think it's good whether they think it's bad or it's in between or constructive criticism i think we need more of that honestly more than anything else if you do have a problem with something or you do think something is bad how about explaining the reasons why instead of just completely digging into the song into the music into the album and just spreading hate and spreading all this animosity between fellow rock fans instead of just simply stating, you know, this song didn't really do much for me 
and this is how I feel about it. These are the reasons why it uh, it didn't hit me the way that I hoped that it would. And will the internet ever get like that? No, it won't, because there's always going to be people out there that just sit behind a keyboard and spread nothing but negativity and hatred towards stuff, because they have nothing better else to do with their lives. But uh, if we can outweigh that feedback with, and like I said, I'm not just saying to give good feedback. If you don't like something, it's perfectly fine to express that. But how about moving towards being more constructive and really expressing why? the song doesn't work for you. You know, you just have to have that basic respect for other people's, you know, musical tastes because, you know, music is sacred to everybody. You never know what it means to somebody until you've spoken to them about what they like and why they like it. You know, I may have specific reasons as to why I love, say, Nirvana, and someone else may love, let's say, Kendrick Lamar for those same reasons. Yes, we're from different musical backgrounds, but the common understanding between us is that what we listen to makes us feel good for certain reasons. So I don't understand why those reasons, even though they're technically the same, are all of a sudden different just because there's a different genre backing them up. Exactly. If anything, music is supposed to be bringing people together to have some common ground and to open up this dialogue and to have these conversations. And exactly what you said, it's about having mutual respect for each other and sometimes just having that maturity to agree to disagree on certain subjects. And music is ultimately subjective. Everybody has their own perspective and point of view on what is good, what makes certain songs good, and what is bad and what in their mind they think is a terrible song. And that is going to change from each individual that listens to a project. So it's ridiculous to sit there and just battle each other all day because really who's winning here and you know what is the what is the end goal? What is truly the end goal here? Exactly. And you would think let me just give you an example. Heavy metal does not get the respect it deserves. I feel like a lot of people would agree with that because out of all of the rock music genres you know, it, it is seen as the black sheep of the rock musical family. That being the case, hip-hop has been just as marginalized, and it's only now that it's really starting to truly get the acceptance and the credit it deserves. So you would think that because heavy metal fans know what it's like to listen to a music genre that's, you know, been marginalized and discredited, you would think that they would understand what that feels like when looking at the other side, when looking at how hip-hop as a genre has also been treated. And the fact that they can't look farther than their own noses, you know, to see that, and they still think they're in a position of saying, well, even though both genres have been completely discredited, ours is still somehow better. I mean, that's very disproportionate. You know what it is, Eric? It's the fact that there's not enough empathy and that is with music and that is just in general there is not enough empathetic people out in the world where they can just put themselves in somebody else's shoes just for a minute and just have that mentality just for a minute and I promise you if you start thinking that way it really changes your whole perspective on what's important what you're arguing about it's just it makes you take a step back and really reflect on the situation, in this case music, 
And uh, I think if people were just more empathetic and they just took the time to just have that minute of, well, you know, as you just explained, like with heavy metal versus hip hop, like, well, we've been there before. We know how it feels and just have that realization, then people in the music community and just in general would realize that we're more alike than we truly think. Another thing that extremely bothers me, especially with these tour announcements, is that if you don't enjoy the tour announcement and you see that somebody that you like is playing with somebody that you really don't care for, then there's only one simple solution. Actually, there's two simple solutions. The first solution is that you go at a specific time to see the band slash artist that you want to see. So, for example, in this you know case with Lil Wayne and Blink, if people do not want to see Lil Wayne, they'll get to the show, they'll see who's playing first by whoever comes on stage first after Neck Deep. If it's Wayne, then go check out and, and go buy merch or something or, you know, to kill time and then come back to see Blink. Or vice versa if you're there for Wayne. And if you want to see Wayne and could care less about Blink, then, you know, go for that. So and then the second solution, which is my first thought, is just don't go then. Just don't go. It's as simple as that. You know that unless this is announced as this is the last tour ever and you need to make sure you get in that seat then they'll come back around eventually. They'll be back around your area eventually. In general, if the lineup is not your ideal lineup, then just sit that one out. I just don't understand the entitlement of people where they're literally giving you a tour and saying, we're coming near you. And instead of taking that news and, like I said before, just weighing out those options, that people have the nerve to just go and, and tear it apart and be like, how could you do this? Like, you ruined music. You ruined my hopes and dreams. Like, what? What is going on? They'll be back around. And it's just, I feel like telling people, have no fear. Because you do realize that if you're not going to this tour, there'll be another one. And there'll be a different lineup. And hopefully, you'll prefer that lineup over the current lineup. And it's just as easy as that. Those are the two solutions, and even if you have a problem with those, I still do not see the need to go on the internet and completely blast these artists for simply just trying to tour together. I will never understand that. And just to kind of go back to the Blink-182 and Little Wayne tour for a little bit, there's a great article I found that talks exactly about what we're talking about. It's by Metal Injection, and it's called Why Blink-182 and Lil Wayne Touring Together Makes Sense and What Metal Can Learn From It. And, you know, just to read some of the things that are in it, it says, Kids today don't discriminate by genre. They have access to every song ever recorded and make use of that. They listen to everything. Which is why I'm not surprised that today Blink-182 and Lil Wayne announced they're touring together. Of course, neither of those acts are metal, but this is something metal can very much learn from. Metal has a problem in that the median age of our audience is getting older and older by the day. Metal isn't creating new fans, and pop culture is not recognizing metal. But you know who is recognizing metal? Hip-hop musicians. And then the article basically goes on to, you know, talk about a couple of collaborations that there have been throughout the years, much like I said before. And basically it says that even though those collaborations have happened, they happened a while ago, and it's only until now 
that some musicians are wising up to the fact that it's okay to step outside of their comfort zones and they're collaborating with artists outside of their genres. For example, uh, the singer of Slipknot, Corey Taylor, collaborated with another hip-hop musician, Kid Bookie. They collaborated on a song together, and in fact, Bookie said that Slipknot was a huge influence on him. That's something you would never know unless you stepped outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, to me, the fact that you can have another artist from a completely different genre of yours say that you're an influence on him, that's a beautiful thing. That is such a good point, because even looking at my little cousin, who is 12, going to be 13, and she doesn't care about genre. She doesn't care about whether something is considered rock or hip-hop or EDM or R&B. She just likes what she likes, and she listens to a little bit of everything, and never have I heard out of her mouth like, oh, I really like this rock musician, or I really like this rap artist like that is completely obsolete in the world of the younger generations so I think that is an extremely interesting point to touch upon is it's really the older people that are having a hard time and trying to cling on to the past as tight as they can whereas people who are younger seem to branch out and listen to a little bit of everything because of the fact that they have access right at their fingertips. It's definitely very true because now that you mentioned that, you know, this kind of does bring back something that I hadn't thought about before. Um, I'm sure, you know, going down memory lane a little bit, I'm sure that, you know, just like me, you remembered listening to a bunch of different styles on the radio. You know, you'd be in the backseat of your parents' car listening to the radio and you heard of a bunch of different things you know, growing up, and, you know, at least for me, I didn't care what was on, I just enjoyed most of what I heard, and I think that's a great way of, that's a great way for kids nowadays to grow up and, you know, really put themselves out there and listen to different kinds of music, because like you said, people that are older, that, you know, are very stuck in their ways of listening to rock music or whatever genre, uh, you know, they ingrain that in their kids, and they only want their kids to gravitate towards that kind of music. And that just kind of repeats the cycle. And that's why even now, you've got people our ages that have that same elitist mentality. Whereas if from a young age, you kind of figure out that music is music, no matter what, and that music is awesome all across the board, when you grow up, you're going to have a wide appreciation for that music. So two things I have to say to that. For the last thing that you just said, that is entirely the truth. When you're a kid, you are open to everything. And it isn't until somebody comes along and tells you, no, that's not the right thing to listen to, that you start shaping and and forming opinions on things. Uh, Kids are very much open to listening to everything across the board. And the second thing I want to say is you are so right about being in the backseat of the car and listening to the radio and your parents flipping through and discovering new music that way. Because obviously in our time, um, I am 25 years old, going to be 26, and Eric is currently 27. And during the time that we were uh, growing up, we didn't have streaming services, Apple Music, Spotify, none of that was around. So uh, we had LimeWire that killed our computers. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Worth it. (laughs) So, um, but 
to to speak on that basically with these streaming services and with youtube it's like those radio stations are on steroids and it's just that to the 10th degree and giving people so many opportunities to really branch out and really listen to whatever they shall please and it's funny that you brought up the radio thing because that's how i fell in love with 80s music uh, I was born in 1993. I wasn't even alive during the 80s, but because my mom listened to so much 80s music, I ended up falling in love with it early on as a kid because that's what she would be playing in the car. And then even to this day, some of those classics are really um, instilled in me and I can sing an 80s song like the back of my hand and uh, it's just, you know, stuck in my memory like that. It's so true because you can say that about anything with kids. When kids are growing up, especially when they're so young, that is just when they are figuring things out, they're forming opinions. They're, it really isn't until we as adults uh, ruin that for them and ruin their perspective on life and tell them like, this is right, this is wrong, do this, don't do that. Uh, that that's when they start to change their opinion on things because, you know, they look at the adults as, oh, well, they must know what they're doing. So if my dad tells me that classic rock is the best music, then I guess classic rock is the best music. And uh, the thing about the younger generation now is because they have so much access to endless amounts of music and so many different catalogs that they're completely breaking down all those barriers and nothing is being boxed in to a specific genre anymore. And I think that is why they are so much more open-minded that even we were at that age. And then obviously everybody that came before us as well. So that was a great point that you made. And it really just took me back to being in the backseat of my mom's car while she was playing 80s music. I remember when I was in high school, I was an absolute classic rock fanatic. Didn't listen to anything else. However... I respected hip-hop, didn't know too much about it, but I respected it because back in my uh, back backseat radio days, I would listen to, you know, various hip-hop songs come on the radio, and I liked the sound. Didn't know what it was, but I liked it. Obviously, you know, in my high school years, it took me a while to really, truly get comfortable with hip-hop because, in my opinion, I didn't have the musical maturity back then to truly understand it and appreciate it. So it took me a while to really work up the nerve to fully immerse myself in hip-hop. But once I did, there was no turning back, man. So basing myself off of my personal experience, the one recommendation I would give to people is listen to the radio. That is the best way, in my opinion, that you could just go out there and experiment and immerse yourself in a bunch of different genres. Because, you know, even to this day, I still find myself being super amazed at what different sounds I find on the radio and stuff that really turns me on. So Eric, let's round this episode out with three takeaways from this episode. I'll give the first takeaway. So the first takeaway from this episode is that it is okay to have an opinion, but just do not expect everybody to agree with your opinion. That is why, in fact, it is an opinion. Everybody's perspective is different. And let's all try to mutually respect each other and treat each other with some kind of decency. And 
yeah, if you're going to give criticism, that is completely fine. Once again, your opinion does not always have to be positive. You do not always have to fake liking things because you enjoy the band or the artist. You can say that this wasn't their best work. However, constructive criticism would be entirely more beneficial than just saying, this song sucks. Okay, if you think the song sucks, explain why and who knows what kind of an impact that could make if everybody went and band together to explain why this isn't working for that specific artist and you never know what changes could be made in the future and that your voice does matter and can be heard but it's only going to be heard if you show some type of respect towards the person creating this music don't forget to kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. So that would be my second takeaway from this episode is to be more empathetic. Put yourself in the creative shoes and how hard it is to create music and not only create it, but put yourself in that vulnerable state of releasing it, knowing that you are going to get uh, all types of feedback. And so with that, just to be more empathetic and really think about what you say before you say it. So those are my two takeaways. Eric, hit them with the last takeaway from this podcast that you think is important. My last takeaway would be something that I firmly believe in, and that is to just give things a chance at least once. You know, even if you don't ever want to do it again after you try it, or if you end up loving it, at least you know that you weren't just the person looking in, you know, you gave it a chance, you gave it a fair chance, and if you love it, great, the world is yours, and you've opened up a whole new world of musical possibilities for yourself. And if not, then at least you don't ever have to wonder about it anymore, and at least now you'll have an appreciation for it instead of just blindly, you know, hurling insults at something that you don't understand. Just be more open-minded. That's all we ask. Just be more open-minded. Like Eric said, you don't have to enjoy it, but just giving it a chance and letting it digest and just absorbing that information of what you just heard, that's all that we ask. We don't care how you end up liking it or disliking it. We just want you to just give it a chance. We have listeners from a bunch of different genres, and we understand how much music means to everybody. So, Want to know why, Eric? Because music matters. <laughs> never gets old. Never gets old. Never gets old. And I think that's the perfect way to end it. So you guys, we are going to end it here. This episode is going to get some wild feedback. I just know it. But hopefully people will stick around to the end and try to follow our advice. And uh, yeah, so let us know what you think of today's episode. Let us know what you think in general of worlds colliding and different genres touring together, collaborating with each other. Do you believe in genres still? Do you think that they're going to be a thing of the past? I truly believe in the future. If we were to talk maybe like 10, 20 years from now, I don't even know if they're going to exist. So, and I I know that's a bold statement to make, but I think that we're really heading towards a place of just everybody being more experimental. And I think Mark Hoppus said it best. For those of you who do not know who Mark Hoppus is, he is the basis of Blink-182. And he said, summer 2019, Blink-182 and Lil Wayne North American tour 
get on board or get left behind. Let's go. So that's the same energy that I definitely feel about this. By the way, you guys, if you are going to this tour and you are going to the Camden, New Jersey date, I will be there. So come say hello if you see me there. I would love to meet some of you guys in person. I think that would be great. So with that being said, we want to hear from you guys. You can head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.